in my car. I feel safest of all. I can lock all my doors. It's the only way to live in cars. What's going on, y'all? I'm your co-host, DJ. I'm your co-host, Evan. And this is the Review A New Podcast, the podcast where we typically look back at uh, you know, the, the movies of our favorite filmmakers and, you know, we look at them through a modern lens. You know, they, things we saw as kids or, or what have you, and then we go, like, as a girl, we go, like, oh, hey, here's what the value is, or oh, here's where, you know, they maybe kind of fall short as an artist. And we've been doing Quentin Tarantino on this season of our humble podcast, and so far, I've been having moments where, you know, I, I, I watch the movies again. You know, all of these uh, movies so far have mostly been movies that I've seen before in my teens, right? But I've gone back now and been like, oh, wow, you know, because I literally, you know, didn't have the, the brain power to be thinking the social implications of what's happening in these movies, right? Like, you know, I couldn't appreciate uh, what the film was doing. And, and you know, uh, as I've gone through this podcast, I've I've grown to reappreciate Quentin Tarantino's work and how, he, you know, he uses, you know, dark uh, subject matter and themes to sort of say things about, you know, society and things like that. Like things that, you know, feel exploitative on one angle, but then if you kind of like, you know, really absorb the media, you can kind of take something a little deeper from it. Um and I say that to say that is not present in today's film. <laughs> well, I was not. I wish you could see my face right now. I look like a freaking like Pokemon or something. I I was not I, expecting this, but I'm excited. Uh, I was like, because I don't get mad at me. I'm not going to bat for it or anything, but I actually pretty much enjoyed this movie. And so, but I'm, but I'm totally down to hear you rant and rave about why it's terrible. I'm just, I was, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, that one chick doing the dance was hot. Uh, there was cars. Oh, sure. We'll, we'll bring that up. Sure. I didn't think there was going to be a whole lot. So no, I'm, I am buckling up. I'm ready for this ride here. I'm going to be, I think this is going to be like your, I, I, I feel like, this is gonna be like when I was going off on Annette, but like yeah, now right. I get to sit back. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my turn. Sit straight up and down. I watched this movie with my friend, and then uh, for those who don't know, this is a two-part movie. Uh, it's called Grindhouse. The first part, Death Proof, directed by Quentin Tarantino. The second part, directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, Planet Terror, and both are bad to me, <laughs> but one is less bad in the other than the other. And dear Christ, the one that is worth is goddamn Quentin Tarantino's. I'm just going to fucking say it because holy God, like this whole podcast so far, I've been going to bat for Quentin Tarantino to be like, you know, like I feel like people kind of point to this thing and say like, oh, but he's showing you know women in a sexually exploitative way and that kind of mess up. But then you can kind of go like, well, but you could see like from a narrative perspective, he's trying to do with this. Nothing. This is just fucking bad. And I know why. The thing is, I know why, right? Oh, it's Grindhouse. I'm going to make an actual Grindhouse movie. Hey, uh, you, Robert Rodriguez, we're film nerds. We like, you know, going to, you know, uh, uh, seedy, uh, you know, um, film showings at midnight, you know, for for back-to-back movies that maybe aren't that great. But, you know, they sure are fun, you know, popcorn stuff to get into. But, like, holy God, man. Like, what a fucking fall from grace this is from goddamn Kill Bill. Like, while Kill Bill was still, you know, talking about, you know, and using these exploitative, like, elements and tropes, like, it was building on top of this. This was just all fucking 
frosting and no cake. This was all just like, oh, look at like us pointing the camera at these salacious things happening. Ah, ooh. And it's like, that's fucking it. And it's so like nothing that it became insulting. Like I'm someone who can enjoy like base stupid shit, but this was so like, Go, like bending over backwards to be base and stupid that I felt fucking insulted. Like straight up and down, I watched this movie with my friend, like both of the movies, and I was just like, oh my God, this is bad. Like there was I literally a lot of that, like we're going to be bad on purpose, especially yeah. I feel like Tarantino had more of that with the acting was a lot of the yeah. so bad it's good. Like they were I couldn't going even for write, so bad it's good, but I feel like you can't do that on purpose. Yeah, like you have to be, you have to know what you're doing. And this, like, you, if you want to like starship troopers, this shit, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm getting like actors that aren't really that good, but that's kind of the point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like you kind of have to not know what you're doing. Like the reason that, <laughs> you have to stumble like, upon that. I don't know. I mean, and it was a big trend. What what year did this come out? It was like 2007. Oh, like this is like yeah, this is like the, the snakes Nokia on a plane. Phones. Let's purposefully make B movies on purpose. Right, and that right? was like, such the being bad on purpose was such a huge trend around that time because that was when I was in college and I remember it was like that was when you had like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and all this like we're gonna do stilted awkward acting and you know have the boom mic fall into the picture and all that's gonna be on purpose now I like I said I actually enjoyed this to a degree Mm. it did not I did not have the reaction to it you did but I don't think you're wrong and and I will say I had like my two major notes on this we're watching I was like so many fucking feet I I paused oh my god that was like hates feet like some people are like disgusted by feet but I just you know, paused I, this. I was like, I don't want to look at a fucking foot ever again. God damn no, it. Like, I don't even, like, and we talked about this on the podcast before. Like, oh, we've had those moments like, oh, you know, Quentin. Oh, you put your feet in the shot. Oh, but like, this was I needed just a like, Shiba dude, Inu with a baseball stop. bat. I needed yeah. a Shiba Inu with a baseball bat to bonk him on the head and send him to horny jail. It was like, yeah, dude. It was like, dude, stop. <laughs> Too <laughs> many forgive me. There was a, there was a shot of one of the women laying on her couch with her feet out under a big giant picture of another woman with her feet <laughs> out. And I'm like, dude. Like, dude. I'm <laughs> like, dude. Like, I know you like feet, but calm the fuck down. Like, just, this, yeah. that this was where, like, really- you know, sometimes when you're writing, you got to take a break. You got to jerk off first. If you find yourself, uh, right. you got it. Like Tarantino, you need a jerk off break. If you find yourself putting that many feet in the screen at once, you need to yeah, take a jerk off break, come back with some post nut clarity and rewrite the scene. Literally, dude, literally, I didn't even write any note. Like usually I take the time mm-hmm. to watch a movie twice because I want to respect it. Right. Like even if it's good or bad, I want to like, you know, first time watch it through, just like get my thoughts on it. And the second time be like, I mean, first time watching through, just like let it affect me, and second time be like, oh, you know, what am I thinking about as I watch this, right? But with this, like, these movies were so nothing and bad that I was just like, I can't, I refuse to subject myself to this again. Like, I, I, you know that's what I was saying? So I will say, so my two big notes were the feet, and then um, the other thing was, and for for those of you listening for the first time, uh, as a, I am a transgender, and <laughs> as a transgender person uh I'm, I'm a trans man but i you know i've been privy to normative socialization from guys right. and gals gals do not talk like that girls do not sit around oh with their God. girlfriends like, jesus describing. christ now 
guys do that. Not all guys, but I definitely have guy friends who will sure. be like, dude, I was with this chick last night and like, we'll be describing it that way. I met guys who do that with their friends. I have never, and this was like, you know, for me, like in high school, or whatever, in college, I never met a girl who would sit there and be like, oh yeah, I was hooking up with this guy and we're on the couch and then he was doing his tongue with this. Like girls don't, I know I'm being super gender essentialist here, but I'm sorry. I've never met a woman who talks and it's not that girls like, don't talk about so sex. this is so clearly a dude writing. It, yeah, it's you know, not that yeah. girls don't talk about sex, but I have never once in my life met a woman of any type of sexuality or anything who like gives a play-by-play to her platonic friends like that. Yeah, and the, and the thing about it is, like in the scenes, like what she's describing is like, oh, I made out for him a little while, but then, you know, we kind of stopped. I made him go home. It's like, wait, so you're giving all of these explicit details, but in the actual scene itself, you don't go all the way? Like That, that really felt like him being like, I bet that's how... W-. You know what? You know what it reminds uh-huh. me of is um, Todd in the Shadows did that really good video about the I Know What Boys Like. It was like, I think it was one of his mm, one-hand one Yeah, by the waitresses. Yeah. Right. And he was saying it's like clearly from the point of view of a guy who's like, oh yeah, this must uh, be how women think. They love teasing men. They sure do love torturing right. us. That's uh-huh. kind of what it felt like. It was a guy sitting there like, what do girls talk about? Probably how great it is to not have sex with a guy. <laughs> Like yeah. that, that you were making out with. I, yeah. So I did think there was also like a really weird um, sort of uh, asymmetry between the first bit and because the, the first bit I appreciated and enjoyed some of the, you know, the the weird bad editing on purpose because it wasn't to me that oh, wasn't sure. the lazy like oh we're gonna drop a boom in no. the shot like the, yeah like ha- like like when it's like oh a sexy moment's about to happen and then whoops the the frame cut you know well, like that, that- yeah i think that was from more from the robert rodriguez one but, uh, but I think uh, I think when they're giving the lap dance, like it goes oh, on for a while, and then yeah. you think like, "Oh man, it's getting good," and then it cuts. Like yeah, yeah. Or just like awkward, like awkward continuity errors or like little jumps and and things like that. Oh, it'll change to like black and white randomly, and then, and then change so the back. Second, yeah. The second half of the movie, the part that was about the 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 stunt performers. That part of the movie felt like a different movie from the it first. Absolutely half. did, and it's weird because it's like it's already a big double feature divided into two, but it's set in the same town. It's got some of the same characters, so you've already got that going on. But then even Tarantino's half death proof, it was like the quarters felt like yeah. the part in the part in Austin and the part in Tennessee felt very different. Oh man. It, so he was so trying to go for those 70s chase movies, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. um um you know, I mean we could talk about like the, the French Connection, that's kind of like the 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 golden standard. But you know, also the sort of like trashy chase movies, you know, where it's just about showing off muscle cars and hot chicks, right? Like like I get it on a certain level, you know what I'm saying? But mm. when the shit is so unsatisfying like as a narrative as you watch it. And like I don't even need it to be like it has to resolve a certain way. Because, like I said, we've been watching Quentin Tarantino movies. You know, like, he kind of goes unconventional ways. And I've been kind of here for it, honestly. Like, in fact, like, and but that's the thing that pisses me off. There's usually either, some, like, the action of how things are unfolding are so fascinating that you're like, oh, wow, I want to stick with it. Or the dialogue is so good that you that you want to, like, just hear how it's going, right? Pulp Fiction, what, the beginning dialogue, you know, them talking about, like, getting the foot massage and shit like that. Iconic dialogue. Uh, first movie, Reservoir Dogs, you know, about the fucking, like, a virgin and, you know, like, I, I don't tip. Iconic dialogue. You know, what I, you know what I'm saying? But this, I can't even remember what the fuck they were talking about. Like, half of the dialogue was, I think, 
one girl named Jungle Jane or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was like... Like, yeah, like, I, 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 like was, I almost had to do a double take. The, the race. Jungle Julia, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm going to look it up. But yeah, like that was gross. And I have no, I have no kind of defense about... <laughs> The, yeah, because it was the, just like, wait, what? That it was, was blindsided I feel like, me. Tarantino giving into his like worst instincts in terms of, you know, quote unquote Being homage to black exploitation. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was gross. Like her, yeah. That I have, I have nothing to defend to just say to defend that. And and it's like oh and how the scene unfolded you know okay so yeah like what I thought would be the main character the uh, the chick oh my god she's got uh, the the, the uh, brunette woman with the dark hair uh-huh. and she's got the pouty lips and that fucking smoky ass voice I was like oh my god thirst corner ladies and gentlemen oh, I'm gonna yeah. have to take it like, I'm, gonna, say, I, like, I'm gonna need to take five you don't even need to have <laughs> her name's uh, Vanessa Ferlito and the yes yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and the character's name is Arlene. Like, I feel like there's no even point in having a thirst corner because if you've seen Death Proof, the thirst <laughs> corner is built in. Like, that You're whole right. extended... I mean, if you were anybody who was attracted to women at all, like, your mouth is going to be just hanging open that whole scene. So... Right. <laughs> yeah, so... so and, and so that's not even... Like, I, I didn't I didn't come into this wanting to hate it. I was kind of like, where are we going? Because this is... this. I believe this is the one Quentin Tarantino movie of uh, all we've done so far that I have not seen at all yet. And so I was legit going into this like, wow, I've seen all of these movies that have, you know, that I've seen before and I can appreciate it more. So what's this movie that I hadn't seen before? You know, what's it going to do for me? You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to, what nuggets am I going to be able to pull out of this? And it's just so basic that it's just like, what the fuck? Uh, Like, and and, like, this feels like if he, you know what? This should have been like some special feature that you like saw on like GTA four or some shit. Like, Oh, did you know Quentin Tarantino directed like a movie? And and, Hey, maybe it's kind of stupid because it's just a video game movie. Yeah. Yeah, but like not an actual feature. I got to say, it seems like it's like a weird little tragedy. So the woman who plays jungle Julia is, Sydney, her name is Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier, actually, Sydney Poitier's of, daughter. She's yeah. the daughter of that Sydney Poitier, and it's like, man, like she's the daughter of like one of the most legendary actors yeah. of all time, and she's in yeah. this, and she's yeah. not bad. I mean, she's like clearly no. doing the like stylized '70s acting, so it's hard to tell what she'd be like in a yeah, better but, movie. But yeah, it's like, oh man, I feel like she deserves better just in for the sake of her lineage, if nothing else. Yeah, but, um, but just the fact that like how that dialogue unfolds is like basically uh Jungle Jane or whoever the fucking name is, she's like yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jungle Jane. She's like, oh uh hot pouty lips chick. Um I told everyone on my radio show that a hot chick is, is looking to give out a, one lap dance to, you know, a special dude. And, you know, you can decide who to give it to. No, no, no. But, like, just the whole conceit was like, what? Why are you doing this? Why and that was, that again, it friend? was one of those things where it was like, Tarantino, ha- have you ever, like, met a woman? <laughs> have you hey, ever, yeah, have like, you met a oh, woman I'm ever? Literally endanger my friend here. <laughs> Right, I mean, of- there were actually a few moments because in the second half too, and this never gets resolved. Like we see, so actually, uh, Ramona Flowers oh is in the second part. You've got this like cute cheerleader model actress person, and they leave her. I couldn't with, believe this scene. They leave Th- her with this- the big scary redneck dude and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna imply Who? she's gonna blow him." And this oh, girl my, is no. oh, asleep. it was disgusting. 
Yeah, like I could, like I almost couldn't believe, like I, you know, with that moment when you turn to your friend as you're watching something, like, is this going how I think and it's going to go? Like I was like, I just, I cannot imagine even like the shittiest people that I've ever met in my life. Never even mind women. I don't think there's a person I know, even like some of the shittiest people I know, that I could imagine doing that, doing yeah, what like, Abernathy does in that yeah, scene. Like, I cannot yeah, yeah. imagine anybody. Of any gender that I know, having their sleeping cute model friend oh, oh my God. inside and being with, like, with "Hey, this guy. huge Harry redneck, my my yeah. friend is gonna blow you." Yeah, literally, who's been speaking like creepily the whole fucking time? Like, huh, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh. like you're, and and I will say, like, okay, I I believe that if somebody commits sexual assault, the only person to blame for that is the person who did sexual assault. It's never anybody else's sure. fault, but the person who did it. However, uh, if you are putting your friend in a situation where you are essentially encouraging somebody to sexual assault them, that's a horrible thing to do. Even if it's not like, that's just still a horrible, and, and you know, like, can you imagine? Yeah. Right. But the thing about it is like the conceit for even the setup, like, it doesn't even go like, oh, you know, you know, pe hey, in movies, people do extreme things because it, it's all about extreme situations, you know. But it's like th there are two stunt women that want to borrow a car. So they go to this guy to borrow the car and they're like, hey, let's leave one of our friends behind for some reason. I don't well, know. I mean, what, the what they was. end up doing. So Abernathy is Rosario Dawson's character. And she's like, what is she? She's like a makeup artist or something. Yeah, um, yeah. And the two, there's the two stunt women. There's the Kiwi. One is Australian. There's the yeah. Kiwi. Oh, excuse and then, me, a New Zealander. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't call it New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's the Kiwi stunt woman, uh, who's the the they keep calling her the cat because she's very uh like they they this was a kind of a nice little bit of foreshadowing where they're telling a story about how she fell in a cement ditch and she was fine and then there's Kim who is an American stunt woman who we find out is uh carrying a loaded gun which becomes important later but um I but, guess <laughs> but, you know I mean I'm trying to give credit where credit's due but so Kim and um I'm forgetting the Kiwi's name I, I I hope that's not offensive. I don't know. My wife is ha uh, my wife is half New Zealander. That's, that's uh, I, I think that I, I always feel like like New Zealanders are like the self aware, just cool. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Zoe, some Kiwis. Zoe like I always Bell. see them like that. You know, I think I think uh, New Zealanders are just cool like that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh my god! But, uh, I just googled death proof to double check the cast, and the top thing on Google is what is the point of death proof? Oh my god! Literally, yeah. After the movie, yeah, me and my <laughs> friends were like, we looked up something, and it was like, oh wow, this is just so common of a question. People were like, yeah, what the fuck is happening in this movie? So we gotta uh, try to just get this plot. Yeah. Because, but okay. Oh yeah, yeah. We oh, should go oh, back yeah. to the to the the Austin segment with Jungle Julia. So there's yeah. Jungle Julia. There's Let's just call her Julia. Yeah, <laughs> there's Arlene. Oh my God. There's Arlene, and then there's um, who's there's one other girl. Oh yeah, the the blonde girl Shanna, who's very kind of she doesn't really do anything. So there's Shanna, yeah. Arlene, and Julia, and then they're all like friends, and they go to a bar, and yeah, Julia is a DJ, is a local radio DJ. They see like billboards of her all over the place, and she apparently yeah, and again, this is one of those things where it's like no woman would do this. Yeah. Like, and I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, women are like, don't do shitty things and don't hurt people. 
But this is just a thing that I literally cannot imagine any woman I've ever met opening doing up, to her. Opening up the possibility of your friend to be like sexually assaulted or even come on to by like a whole bunch of dudes knowing damn well what your and experience was, as a woman is. So like, this yeah, that doesn't was make actually, sense. This was a moment where I thought the movie was going in a different direction because the way that Julia sets it up. So they're all sitting around at like a diner and Julia is telling her or like they weren't going to tell her at first. And then somebody let it slip and she was like, okay, well now I have to tell you. And she's telling her very, very slowly. And she's yeah. kind of, um, she's, she's telling her very slowly and she's sort of, um, like not giving out all the details. Right. Of what and it is. there's it's another like, yeah, friend. Oh, Marcy, the actress is named Marcy. I guess she, she only kind of pops up like, so Marcy is like kind of acting it out and pretending to be the redneck guy coming up to get a, a dance. And it's this very creepy thing where Julia told her listeners that basically I'm going to be out with this hot girl. And what you need to do is come up to her. It's either call her by name or call her butterfly. Right. So you come yeah, up then, to her, call her yeah. butterfly and then recite the end of walking through or stopped in the woods on a snowy evening, the Robert Frost poem. And then like, also what? reiterate the last line by saying miles to go before you sleep. And it's the creepiest fucking thing. And she's like, Julia is like drawing this out so slowly that I was sitting there thinking, okay, Julia is for some reason plotting to have her friend murdered. And this yeah. is like, like I literally thought that it was going to be, I thought it was going to be some plot of like Julia is for whatever reason wants to get her friend murdered and is like plotting this whole creepy thing to like torture and kill her friend because like, it was so sinister and it was like, why would you yeah. do that? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just not. And then, so. And then th apropos of nothing, cause he has really nothing to do with what this whole setup. I mean, he gets the lap dance, but it's not like he doesn't affect what their idea of what the, of how things are supposed to really unfold. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like literally, okay. So he comes up to her. Wait, he's talking clearly about been stalking Mike? her. Yeah, uh, yeah, stuntman Mike, who has been stalking like a, a bunch of women. Yeah, I believe, so stuntman like. Mike is the Kurt Russell character, and he is—he's throughout the movie, and he's the serial killer who it's never like we never. Get I guess he's a serial killer. I mean, like what the fuck? We never get much of an explanation about him other than he's some weirdo who likes killing women with his car. That's like the yeah, only. Like, like he gets he gets off. Uh, in some way on on doing it because the police officer like lays out a whole bunch right. of fucking that's exposition. Actually, that's the did you catch that was the sheriff from uh from Kill Bill? Kill Bill, yes. I was like, wait, is that Michael Parks again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like yeah. that guy. I like that guy. But it, but uh, what a fucking waste because all he does is just exposition dump and go like, hey, this guy has a psychosexual, you know, like. I mean, that's kind of what that sheriff character does in everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, yeah. but but it was so like that's just what he's for and scene like you know because it's like uh, what well, uh, like uh, the little joke of like oh he's never gonna do that in this town again like and not in, and not in the state of Texas and then all of a sudden he's in Tennessee like you know so it's like oh it's that bit of joke of like oh he moves from one place to place but again like just the conceit is so dumb because like okay so here's this guy Kurt Russell is a character who's a stuntman stuntman Mike and he just gets off on getting girls in his car. Uh, that that like that you use for like stunt drives, you know, that makes it it's death proof. So like you know, every bit of it is safe except for uh, the the um, 
the the left uh, the, the right seat the the seat that's not the driver's and seat. The, that seat is horrifying to look at. It's like this little. Yeah, it's metal. like why would anyone get in this? <laughs> Nobody seat? would get in that seat. It's like it's like this metal peg sticking up out. Oh yeah, and the, did we mention like this? So this is Rose McGowan. It took me a minute to figure out who she was because she's wearing this yeah. platinum wig and she's very very blonde and she looks different. And she also, so her character is like sitting at the bar and she and Jungle Julia are like looking across the bar, sniping at each other. And we've talked a little about this, about how a lot of Tarantino's characters are sort of gratuitously, openly racist. Like she sits there saying something like, yeah. well, you know, she used to beat me up, but it's not my fault I'm built like a girl and not like a black man. And it's like, what, yeah. is, what is that even? Where did that come from? And, yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things where, and I know you've said like in some of those cases, it felt kind of like, oh, this is like pulling the curtain back. But, but at some point, it, it even, feels just even the gratuitous. Most, yeah. yeah. And like, honestly, like I've known some pretty like blatantly racist rednecks and like being a white person in the South, like I've had people say stuff to me that they just assume I'll be okay with. And mm -hmm. even that, it's like sitting at a bar, which, by the way, the bar is weird. It's like, it's like, okay, this is Austin. Austin's a it city. It is so not a real place. Yeah, Austin like, is like an actual city, and they're, and they're this, like, creepy shack in the woods. Yeah, um, with a whole bunch of, like, posters and, like... Posters for like the random shit. Like there's one poster for just like air and water or something yeah. like that. Oh, I was I like, didn't what? Even, what is this? Oh, well, that might be like a, like a, like an anti-pollution thing. Maybe. But, but the bar looks like it's a, that looked like a bar that is on the outskirts of a town with a population of 300 people. That did not look like it's in Austin. But yeah, it's just like the character, like her character making that weird racist comment. It's like, wh why? I mean, and I'm not saying it's like that. A, like a white girl in Austin wouldn't make a comment like that in a bar, especially if she was like drunk and being pissy. But like, what's the what's the point of it? And sometimes it really does feel like Tarantino just throws that stuff in. Yeah, in, in a sea of especially a movie like this, in a sea of shit just kind of happening, it's like, why the fuck was that there? Like that that yeah, especially and feels I, and jarring. I think yeah, part of it was maybe like we're supposed to like her less so that we can. And this I is mean, kind I of you, you so when the horrible thing shit, happens to her, we're you know, kind of yeah. like enjoying it, I guess. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, because it's like. Yeah, it is not an enjoyable scene is the thing. Yeah, because it's like and it's not even an enjoyable like in the in the sixth sense of like, you know, when you watch a movie like, oh, wow, you know, OK, yeah, maybe it's not like, OK, that, that happened to the person. But like the way the scene played out, whoa, that was sick, you know, like that sort of thing. But it, it doesn't even really do that because like, OK, he gets her in the car. Uh, fucking warning signs upon warning signs getting into this fucking guy's car. Yeah. And and, and then she, like, there's no seats or anything like that. And then she, he, like, you know, uh, drives her out and then, of course, starts to floor it where he's, like, banging her all around. And it's, like, but it's so, like, it's, it's not a satisfying action scene. You know what I'm trying to say? It's, where it's really just, like, gruesome. And this is, yeah. I think, I think part of the reason I didn't have the same reaction to this movie that you do was that, I was too wrapped up in being stressed out by it to be really uh -huh. mad because uh, so like I uh, like I was just too busy being annoyed at the fact it's like, OK, so I'm supposed to be afraid of this serial killer who's killing all these people. But you have to do all of this contrived shit just for it to even get set up. Like, like he I, has to be pretend to be a nice guy who's willing to give a woman a ride. Like, no, 
I mean, uh, yeah, like uh, that was again. It's like who's really gonna get in that car? Yeah, but and I thought maybe it was the seventies, but no, it was supposed to be two thousand seven. Because at one point she pulls out a cell phone. Right, they have the Nokia like, cell phones. I did. Yeah, think and, and you see the grainy picture quality against yeah. her cell phone. It's like, oh, they're doing that on purpose. I, I but did, just, it makes me go like, wait, but why is anyone taking a ride for this? Because it's not the fucking seventies anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Sorry, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I actually kind of enjoyed the like. I did kind of enjoy the 70s aesthetic. Mixed I liked it purely as like window dressing. You know, yeah. It's also like, interesting because it's like, okay, we're watching this. Like, this came out in 2007, so right. it was present day, but we're yeah. watching it in 2022 when it is like that. So, okay, I'm trying to it think. Time, like, look at this old so ass cell phone. It yeah. came out 30 <laughs> years after 1977, and we're now watching this. Uh, math 15 years later so not you know so it's like about half the distance between this movie and now is about half the time of the distance between that movie and the 70s but like those fucking cell phones look real fucking vintage and so in some ways it's like and the the way they're dressed with like those little you remember those like little really flimsy skirts that were like mini skirts except they were kind of puffy and they're like the little and the crop tops and the Nokia's and, and so it's like very it's 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 like a weird feeling of watching something that is vintage like actually is vintage in a way but also referencing an older vintage I, I just thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. So yeah, but, like it was. Yeah, no, it's an interesting visual thing to notice. But like, there's lots of good visual things in this movie. But then it's like t- stepping back just for a second. You know what I'm saying? You just go like, why is this happening? Like just the fact that that question was so common online. We're like, what the fuck was the point of this movie? Because yeah, w- yeah, we gotta get to this fucking plot. So yeah, like uh, stuntman Mike cools his way into you know uh, uh, t- talking the girl into being kind of like chill and giving them the lap dance. Like I kind of. I can tell this about you and I mean really it's because he was stalking them so that's how he knows yeah. but still you know he, he can play it off in the scene like oh because I'm so you know yeah. suave and, and that, being that lab dance that lab dance went on for a really long time which yeah. I would normally be a little annoyed at because it like kind of was weird pacing but at the same time it was so enjoyable to watch <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good moment it's like I would much rather watch this sexy lady dancing for 10 minutes than watch Rose McGowan's right. nose <laughs> get smashed yeah you know? that's the thing yeah like he like he just drives really fast and she bangs around the thing and it's just like like it's just not well, like unsatisfying to watch as like a oh my god murder death scene you know what I'm saying but also just on the same level of just like why the f- like it's just so contrived it's so fucking contrived so it's just like you can't enjoy like the setup of it but then even the payoff of it is just like okay uh, all right I guess this guy's getting his suitcase for doing this and then afterwards like yeah like he fucking destroys his car and so it's like is he getting a new car every time like it's just so like. Huh? Who's giving him this car? Where is he getting this? You know, it's just so like, this wouldn't work. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like I said, like part of why my reaction to this movie was different from yours is that, so I'm very anxious about cars. I've, I've been in a really bad car wreck. Um, I like, I just have a huge amount of car anxiety. I've, I've had people that like, I know die in car wrecks and all that. So for me, even though it's very silly and I agree that it's very silly and very contrived, I'm sitting there just the whole time going, ah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's just, it just felt to me. It was like visually just watching the scene. It's just a car moving around 
and the character like bobbing back and forth. You know, like it, it, there's nothing intense really I, I happening. I felt very viscerally know? upset by it in a way that I think it was intending to make people viscerally upset. So I guess but, it'd be- but, yeah, but it was just it just felt to me on such a base level. You know what I mean? Like it's like oh, and it, for it to go as long as it, he's banging her up in there. Oh, but then he bangs her up to the side, and then he bangs her up to the run back, and then he bangs her. To the, it was just like. Okay, I fucking get it. That, that's what it felt like. Everything just felt so belabored. You know, like it was just like, oh, you just thought this was going to be cool just because it looks cool. And then you just kept doing it. And it's just like, dude, it's not getting cooler doing it more, you know? So like, all right, that happens. That accident happens. And then it's like a couple of months later. Wait, what even? Because he takes that one girl on the car trip home and then, you know, fucks up the car with that, right? And then he goes back and finds those girls a couple of months later? Or, or does he find them the next day? Because he bangs up. I think up that's his... like, uh, well, I think it's got to be a little later so that, you know. No, he doesn't bang up his car. He just like drives it around really rough and then knocks her, knock, knocks, that knocks her around on the car. Yeah, so he technically hasn't banged up the car yet. And then does he find them later on that day? To, no, no, no. To... That's like the, that's like that same night. That's like, so he, he leaves the bar and Rose McGowan gets in and he kills her by banging her around in the car. And then the other girls leave the bar like yeah. right and after right like they're leaving like right after and yeah so that's so like that same night them? that's like that that's like within the hour of that happening like, yeah so how does this guy who just drove a whole bunch of ways out of uh, out of the way and then they just left the bar how does he find them i think it's i think he was like following them and stalking them and looking at like like their license plate or something like he had their picture he probably knew what their cars looked like yeah, but like, I mean, like, literally, because you well, know, as was, he's doing the whole thing where he's banging her around, like, was he keeping the fucking, uh, uh, you know, uh, Google Maps location yeah, on I that person? You I know don't what know. I mean? That's like, actually a good question. And I feel like it goes back to like that weird little like shack bar. It's like, even though it's like they say it's Austin, it's supposed to be awesome, but it really feels like some tiny little town where there's just like nowhere to go. Yeah. And, and so, like, you see the actual, like, uh, the girls are driving uh, down the street. It, cutie patootie with the uh, uh, with the bee stung lips. She's got her like you know leg hanging out of the car. You know what I'm saying? And so that is like okay, well something's definitely gonna happen here. You know, like this woman dri- driving really fast and dangerous, and the car's hanging out. And then this scene was at least like something. You know, like seeing different stuff happen. That was like viscerally like really fucked up right like when his car slams into hers you know like it slams so hard you know the car uh the car window where her leg is hanging out like it it cuts and rips and so the oh, leg actually like flops off about that. yeah uh... like that actually is like at least kind of like oh wow that visceral uh moment like yeah. you know it gives you so and and then when the car like runs over one of the characters like the tire runs over one of their faces like it's like like oh like it gives you that b movie yeah, you know that, feel the moment when but it's that one face moment just get scraped off. Yeah. But it's like one scene. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the one moment where you get that. And then it's like, okay, then he's in the accident and we have this really long thing where it's like, oh, well, he's actually a pervert. And then cut to a couple of months later where I guess this guy can just, like, I guess he's a stuntman, so maybe he just doesn't give a fuck and he's just allowed to do what he wants. But this just seems like such a complex way to get your rocks off. You know what I mean? They're like, I'm going to borrow. I hope, you know, the fucking uh, guy I'm borrowing the car for doesn't ask too many questions. You know, like, <laughs> like, oh, you guys don't need this movie from the slot, right? We're done with this movie, right? You don't, you don't use props again, do you? You know, 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, he 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 basically uh then we come upon the Rosario Dawson and, and her clique sort of characters. And he's and that, you know like I said, that like was weird because that transition to that part of the film also there's like um and I think this was the sort of grindhouse cheap movie thing where it's like color and then it's clicks to black and white and then it's black yeah, and white not, and then it clicks back yeah. to color but also it, it looks it's one of those things like I get it you're doing it because oh the bad feeling of the time but it's like ah you, it, but this still sucks like it also well it felt very different because like the way that it looked it's set somewhere different it's set during the day it it's not like the the it didn't have that sort of like grainy jumpy it felt like a different movie because like the austin part feels like this like super cheap grungy grimy horror movie very claustrophobic right yeah. it almost felt like a like it was trying to go for like a texas chainsaw massacre type feel whereas then the the next part that felt more like mad max like the original mad max it was yeah. like very much a more like an action. It was daytime and it was like, you know, like thrilling daytime action, but it wasn't that like gross nighttime, you know, if it, yeah, so grungy, yeah, like, yeah. like first fat, first half felt like it was trying to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Second half of it felt like it was trying to be Mad Max. The, the original yeah, and, Mad Max. And, and the way it like actually unfurled, cause it was like, wasn't it like, so first of all, Kurt Russell acts very creepy. He like, uh, Rosario Dawson's feet just happens to be sticking out of the, the car where they're hanging out in, and he just rolls up to her and, like, touches her feet and licks her feet or something like that. Oh, uh, but yeah, which was, like, I feel like, I mean, she's laying in the back of the car with, like, an eye mask on, and she's kind of oh, yeah. talking, but she's kind of taking a nap. But, like, I'm sorry. Uh, if somebody licks your foot, even if you were sound asleep, if somebody licks your foot, you're waking up. Yeah, and, and, and he tries to play it off and go like, oh, dang it, where's my glasses or something like that, you know, to be like. Yeah, but oh, it's like, I, no, I'm, you just lick somebody's foot. Like, you can't, like she's going to notice. And so, and he's been, like, taking pictures of them or something like that. Um, pure, Like, this is purely exploitation, right? Oh, this sick fuck, you know, gets his sick kicks from just doing blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's his whole motivation as a character. And then finally he sees them happening to, like, go along a, a certain stretch of road and somehow he's at the perfect right place to like get in his car and and then you know drive off meet up with him but the thing is he doesn't do what he did in the first movie which is like oh you know try to hit you know uh first movie the first half of the movie where he like you know hits them head on no he's actually just like trying to bump them from the back or something like it's actually kind of, yeah that's what happens oh, just to fucking add uh suspense to it the the uh, the new zealand new zealander chick she's like oh we're stunt you know we're stunt drivers look how badass we're gonna be i'm gonna you know hold on to this belt and well, i'm they, gonna go in front really of the car build up to this they <coughs> really build up to this yeah. because so the the premise is that they're all shooting some low budget movie um, and they're all stunt people. And Rosario Dawson's character is like a Abernathy is like a makeup character. And then one of the girls is an actress and they're all shooting this movie and they're all friends and they work together on a bunch of stuff and they're hanging out. And they, the, the New Zealand character, Zoe says, I, I, she's played by Zoe Bell. I can't remember the character's actual name, but I'm going to say Zoe. So she, um, I think actually Zoe, I think they call her Zoe. 
Anyway. Yeah, yeah, she's called Zoe. I think actually in the credits they say herself. Yeah, yeah it's Zoe. Oh, they call right, her right, Zoe. Right, right. So Zoe, yeah, so, Zoe yeah, the cat. So random. So she, which is funny because we have Zoe the cat. Like, yeah, I'm so cat. Yeah. So, um, but this Zoe the cat, she looks in the, she's like see, been subscribing to a newspaper because I guess this was 2007 and you could still do that. Like, <laughs> so she'd been getting this newspaper local to this area in Tennessee where they're filming and she sees this car for sale that is from That's this movie is, yeah. that she really loved as a kid and it's also like it's a movie like a lot of the movies she names as movies that she, and and also Kim the other stunt woman like they really love these movies that were movies that stuntman Mike was supposedly in right so there's that but so she um sees this car and she really wants to it's not clear if she actually has any intention of buying it or if she just wants to uh, drive it. Joy ride it. Yeah, right. yeah. She wants to drive it. And so she goes to meet this guy. And they basically, again, putting their friend in danger. Yeah, and, and it was so, like, it was so cringy to me. Because, like, they tried to make light of it as a joke. Because literally what happens is you see them drive off. And then it, like... You know, it, it, the camera moves to, like, showing, you know, his lower half and then showing her just, like, uh, in this cute cheerleader outfit just about to wake up. And she looks up and sees him and she goes, gulp. And it's like, uh. Well, and it's just like, uh. I don't really, like, I mean, I'm sorry. I just genuinely do not see what is supposed to be funny about, yeah. oh, that girl's about to get raped. Like, how it's is like, that uh. funny? How is that played for humor? Yeah. You know, like that's literally, like literally, that's just. Oh, she's bad to get sexually it, assaulted. Yeah, it, as if that's yeah, somehow like funny a when bad things happen to women. Like what? Yeah, it's just really, just really weird. Um, so yeah, uh, so they do that, yeah, and, they do and the, Abernathy like convinced. So the two stunt women are like they, and they have this whole exchange where. So Zoe is really into the idea of playing a uh, ship's mast. Uh, oh, right. Where you, yeah, that's when you get in front and, and, and she, on the hood of the car. Right, yeah. I didn't know what that was. I assumed it had something to do with like standing on a, you know, standing on a, a car. Or standing whatever, on but, a biplane or some shit. Right. But so <laughs> she wants to do this stunt and Kim is like, no, no, no. We were never going to do that again. And they have this whole thing where Zoe talks her into it. Um, and then Abernathy is like, what are you guys talking about? I want to go. And they are like, no, 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 it's too dangerous. You can't come. Oh, and this whole fucking thing with like Zoe talks Kim into doing it initially with her because she needs Kim to do it. So she has to promise Kim, like, I'll give you, I'll crack your back whenever you want. Okay. And then Kim also yeah. says, and you have to put lotion on my butt. And it's like yeah, Tarantino. <laughs> that is literally just Tarantino with his dick in his hand writing because I'm like, right. she put lotion on her own butt. Like, that is not anything that, like, nobody is like, oh, I know what I want you to do for me. You got to put lotion on my butt for me. Like, that's. That is just Tarantino with his dick in his hand. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. But anyway, so so Zoe talks Kim into letting her do it, and then they talk Abernathy into something or other. They talk it, but they're like, okay, but Abernathy, like, you can't talk, you can't distract us, you have to sit in the back and shut up and not distract. And of course, she starts yeah, bah, 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 like as soon yeah. as she gets in the car. It's like don't don't distract the driver who's doing the dangerous thing. But yeah, so basically, uh, right. the the game is that. Zoe takes a belt and like threads the belt through the front of the car 
and she's holding on to it. She's wearing gloves and she's holding the bell and like basically lying on her back on the hood of the car while the car speeds along while she is holding on to this belt, like just holding on to this belt with her hands. That's the only way she's holding on. And then my, stuntman Mike starts trying to run them off the road. And so we're, we, there's this really long sequence of Zoe just sliding all over the car while this other yeah. car, sh- and it's so freaking stressful. Yeah, like that's the tension in and of itself, right? Like, but it was one of those things where I'm going like, if that simple thing wasn't happening, like this scene isn't nearly as, you know what I mean? Like well, as impactful. I mean, to be fair, like, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I think that, Saying like, well, like, if, if the thing that no, were really I, suspenseful weren't happening, it wouldn't be suspenseful. Yeah, no, like, no, no. no. I, I, like, I get it in the context of the scene, like in the sense that, like, yeah, they're stunt women and they didn't think things were gonna go bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, I will say, like, I, you know, given the first half, and again, this might, like, I was so stressed out, I was so anxious about this movie that I don't think, like, my you know, necessarily my best like analytical skills were oh, on, yeah, yeah. there, but I was expecting them to all die horribly. I was just sitting there going, okay, I think they're going to die horribly. And I was just yeah. psyching myself up for that. So at the very end, like not the very, very end, but like at the, at the end of this sequence, Mike crashes into them. Zoe goes flying off the hood into a ditch and Kim pulls out the piece we know she has and shoots yeah. Mike, which is very yeah. satisfying because then he starts whining and crying and screaming like a little bitch. Yeah, and it becomes a thing where he's just like, wait, what the fuck were you planning on doing? What was your strategy? Because doesn't he, like, he, he comes up, uh, he gets out of the car at first, he's like, ha ladies, wasn't that fun? And they're like, fuck you, and then they shoot him and he's like, yeah, what the fuck were you going to do? Were you just going to be like, oh, what a f- fun time we had? Like, no. <laughs> How yeah, do you think this I is going to go? I, I will say, like, the moment of Zoe popping out of the ditch and going, I'm okay, was, like, very yeah, nice. Yeah, that, that was that funny. That made me happy. But, um, but just the point, like, you know, okay, if this is a guy who has a specific strategy, oh, is he, he cuts them off in the past and then goes right in front of them and hits them. That's what it seems like he does before. But no, not in this scene. He just drives up behind them and tries to bang them from the side. It's like, that's clearly a less efficient way of doing it. And also the whole time, I just kept thinking, why don't they just slow down? Like he's, you know, when, yeah. once he gets like to the side of them, it's like, you can just slow down. Like there were so many tense moments with, oh no, they're neck and neck right now. Yeah, you can decelerate. Like it just kept pissing me off. I was like, dude, there's things you could do to make this not an issue. Decelerate, pull over, let her get off of the hood of the car and then go. Like it was just like, ah. <laughs> but then, you know, uh, uh, it so felt like this thing of like, oh, we showed this male dude being an aggressor the whole time. And then, ha ha, we got our revenge by kicking him in the face. That's all we needed to do. All right, bye. See, don't you like that, ladies? I gave you your revenge after showing all this disgusting shit for an hour. You know, like, it just felt so like, uh... It felt felt very cheap. With that movie like Kill Bill, it was still very exploitative, right? But it still gave, like, the the main female character a lot of agency, and and it made her a fucking cool motherfucker who you really did care about, you know? These girls, like, they were just horror movies. Like, this just felt like transplanting those 70s movies without any of a more modern scope on how to, you know, make them, right? Like, if you remake something from the 70s, like, you can't just remake it. You have to, you have the intelligence of the 20 years, you know, removed from that. So you're going to add an extra layer of something to it that's going to make it special. But this was just so basic that it's just like, I can't enjoy this because this is just faster pussycat kill, kill, kill. And like, bitch, I can just watch faster pussycat kill, kill, kill. Right, we don't need it remade in 2007. Yeah, that's how I feel, you know? I think that 
what is annoying about that kind of thing is that when you have the, hey, we're going to show women getting tortured and killed in horrible ways for an hour and a half, and then we're going to have these particular women manage to shoot the guy and stomp him to death. Aren't you happy? Isn't we did a feminism? Yeah. And, and it's like, do you want a cookie? Like, do you want a gold star for that? Like, it's, right. It's, it's so big. And also, like, yeah, we got to have the enjoyment of showing the guys red meat for the last half an hour. But, uh, but you kind of get revenge at the end, and that's satisfying. You know, like and it's like, <laughs> like, yeah, like there's a little bit like seeing this guy whine and cry like a bitch when he gets his arm shot and then get stomped to death. Like, yes, that is, like, there's a moment of, like, ah, good, yeah. On a visceral level, yeah, yeah. But, like, when you zoom out and you take the whole movie into account, it's like, and again... We never see the the um. Ramona oh my Flowers. God, the girl! The, yeah, we never <laughs> go back to her. I don't remember the character's name. The actual character. This is the same actress who played Ramona and Scott Pilgrim. Um, but yeah, like that girl is probably getting sexually assaulted by a terrifying redneck. Because yeah, wasn't the whole point? Oh, we're borrowing the car, and this girl is distracting him right. for the time and being. They, you know, the car is completely totaled, and so it's like okay. You know, yeah, that's nice that you're like stomping the serial killer's face in, but your friend is probably getting sexually assaulted right now, and that's just like never addressed at all. Yeah, all, all it's addressed with is the gulp at the end. It's just like, oh, like, yeah, you know, that's yeah. so gross because that really is playing it for a laugh. Yeah, that yeah, really is playing it for a laugh. Um, and and so that movie is that. Um, but that was actually the second movie that got played. The f- original movie, the play- movie that plays first, is Planet Terror. Oh which wait, is did funny. Planet Terror got played? F- wait, did no Planet yeah, Terror in theaters? I, that's so weird. I assumed Planet Terror happened second because right like, because it's clearly the one with more like driving action happening. <laughs> well, just because logically the stuff that happens in Planet Terror, like the happens after the stuff that like the planet terror features a world ending zombie apocalypse with some of the specific characters like a few of right. the minor characters like the doctor the blonde doctor and a couple oh, of, yeah. and like the sheriff from a couple of the minor characters in um death proof are major characters in planet terror and they end up going through a, a zombie apocalypse and, and it's and their lives completely changing. Yeah. So it's like so that feels like the crescendo of the film. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. It's the also project. it's just weird to like, hey, like we're gonna watch these people, uh, you know, go through an apocalypse, and then we're gonna back up and oh yeah, and they're also uh-huh. the doctor and sheriff who happened to be working when all this other stuff happened. I guess like a year or like, two before. It feels like a film like geek thing of like, oh look, that's the character, but it's not actually satisfying. <laughs> like Yeah, you know? it's it's weird. Well and Doc the Oh God, I hated the doctor so much. So there is a moment that I have to talk about like right away. So big spoilers as always on this podcast. If you don't yeah. know that we do big spoilers, what are you doing? Uh yeah. but so again so talking about like my anxiety, you know, affected how I saw Death Proof because of the car stuff just stressing me out so much. Also, so I, all right, the, do you know the website doesthedogdie.com? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I can handle a dog dying, all right, in a movie. Like I, I know exactly what you're about to say. the one thing, I can handle gore, I can handle murder, I can handle people getting filleted. The one thing that I always look on does the dog die? Is children getting killed? I yes. cannot. And can I? I hated the way they did this. So this was infuriating. I, like 
So just I'm from gonna, a film making perspective, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, so here's the thing: from a filmmaking uh, perspective, I'm not going to argue with you. I think like you know that's that's kind of subjective. It was the way that the kid dies in the film. I was very very upset by. However, zooming back from it as a parent, I really appreciated it, and I think that Robert Rodriguez being a father and having his own kid in that role, like just as a dad, I appreciate it. So what happens is essentially, so yeah, there's a zombie apocalypse happening. Zombie apocalypse and- is happening, which we can go back and like fill in more detail, but zombie apocalypse yeah. is happening. And the doctor is like trying to leave her husband. Who's an abusive monster. And she's got her kid. Who's like seven or eight. And he, and he's in the car and she's about to like go somewhere and leave him in the car. And she hands him a loaded gun yeah. And just says, like, hey, if somebody comes up to the car, you shoot them and don't aim it at yourself. You'll blow your face off. And she gets out of the car and immediately yeah. he shoots himself in the head, immediately like- shoots himself in the head and dies. But so it's very upsetting moment. However, a spares us seeing a kid get torn apart by zombies. But sure. also here's the thing. And here's where I appreciate Robert Rodriguez doing that. Just one dad to another is. In real life, children fucking shoot themselves and shoot their siblings and shoot their classmates all the time because of the way, I mean, for various reasons, but one of the things is like guns, the way guns are presented in movies and TV. Now, obviously, a child should not be watching Planet Terror for many reasons, Mm. right? (laughs) But kids see shit sometimes that they shouldn't see. And... You know, I've I've heard so many horrible stories about kids. You know, they'll get a gun and they come and they're just playing because they're imitating what they see on TV and they shoot their friend or they shoot their sibling. And here we see a kid handed a gun. And what would realistically happen if you hand a seven or eight year old a loaded gun is they're going to shoot themselves in the head immediately. That's what's going to happen. And that's what happens. And I frankly really appreciated that that was what happened. Because, I, I guess I can get you, you know, like on, so that's on just a like from realism, not like even storytelling perspective, but on, from on a, a realism social responsibility sort of and from sure. a social responsibility point of view, it's like, you know, I did not want to see a fucking seven or eight year old get handed a loaded gun and then everything's peachy keen. I didn't want to. Yeah, fucking exactly, see that. yeah. But to me, it, it like as I was watching it, kind of felt like for it to happen so immediately, it felt like kind of like a. Oh, are we doing this? It's like, oh, it's a Grindhouse movie. Yeah, you know, in Hollywood movies, you're not supposed to kill the kid, but in uh, in our movie, they immediately die. Uh. Well, you know, like it had that feel to it. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? mean like, and I guess that was something like the kid. So again, I never want to see a like kid. we're not supposed to kill the kid in the movie, but we immediately did it. You know, it just feels so like I don't know. doing I mean, it for its I, own I, sake. That was you know, something I will actually really defend because what I read about because I was looking this up, like what the fuck? Because also at the very very end of the movie, there's a really quick post credits thing of the kid on the beach where they all end up playing on the beach with this turtle. I was like, wait, what happened? And I looked it up, and so the kid is Rebel Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez's um, son, his actual mm-hmm. son, and the and Robert Rodriguez didn't want to traumatize his son and didn't yeah. let the kid know that he um I guess they, they somehow didn't let the kid know that he had that his character died uh, and they movie filmed, magic, you know. <laughs> so they filmed all these scenes of the kid surviving to the end that didn't make it into the final cut, but they're in their For like, the sake of for the sake of the kid, the kid and they're in their okay. personal family like version of the movie, which I just thought was really mm, sweet. You, you know, 
Like, and, okay, and that's the thing I noticed about Robert Rodriguez. He does seem to have, like, a very, like, fascinating, like, insular, like, you know, way of, like, approaching film, right? Like, like, and I realized, like, oh, yeah, my, like, w- my favorite movie from him is Spy Kids. And I was listening to actually a review from it uh, on a podcast about it earlier, where there's, like, it's such an insular world where it's, like, it doesn't really explain a lot. And it's just weird shit is here. And you can accept that this weird scene looks like this or you can not. You know, like, it's, it has such a weird, like, dream logic to it in a certain way where it's, like, and, and I remember, like, I enjoyed Spike Kids, but I was trying to think, like, wait, what other movies do I? And I was like, I don't think I know a lot of Robert Rodriguez movies outside of uh, uh, Spike Kids and Sin City. Like, and I was saying, like, yo, do I just not, like, I thought I fucked with this stuff, but I don't think I really did. Because, like, I never watched Errol Mariachi, I, never watched the Once Upon a Time in Mexico, I don't think. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I have I saw Once Upon a Time in Mexico, like, years ago. I don't remember anything about it, but... I appreciate the machete as a character in Spy Kids and also uh, oh, in... Uh, like, I just want to say, yes. their like, uncle. <laughs> first, first of all, so much love to goddamn Danny Trejo because yeah. he's fucking awesome. Um, but also just because, uh, like, I, love to this movie in general. Like, first of all, it, uh, Planet Terror is way fucking better than that jerk fest um, <laughs> that Quentin Tarantino had. Um, it still has its bad moments and really gross moments, but it is at least like a project, right? Where it's like, oh my God, this is an event happening. I want to see what's happening. Where, you know, what what's this character's motivation? What is going on here? Things are moving. You know, we're going to this lab where this is happening. And then Bruce Willis shows up and he's one of the army, like he's one of the, like a mercenary group that's like the thing that causes the zombies, you know, to happen. He wants it to attack him because apparently he's already had some of the boils on him. Did they really explain that? Like that kind of kept throwing me off. I was like, wait, because I had a moment like, oh, wait, well, they want to go into that. But have they been exposed to it before? Well, because well, he says that like, yeah, he did get exposed before and that that was why he was like doing this whole revenge thing. And so they, so they were going there just to die. Well, I don't Because when they run into the thing, little, don't they just die? It was a little confusing, but no, it's like they they all got exposed to this poison. So they're not really zombies exactly. It's some kind of toxin. It's never really explained, but it causes this basically this extremely accelerated mutation gangrene and oh my god the body horror in this movie i I will say like at first when you see like the way the texture of the melting looks it's so creepy oh my god like tarantino's dick melting i will never get that image out of my head that was gross i that needed to be cut from the movie i'm sorry (laughs) i do not need to see quinn tarantino's mutated dick and it's a scene where he's about to sexually assault someone so it's specifically a scene of like yes that makes it so much worse because it would be horrifying enough if you were just like it would be horrifying enough if it was just a scene of like a character you sympathize with and oh no my dick's rotting off and that would be horrifying enough but then in that scene you're sympathizing with the woman he's about to try and put his rotting dick in because he doesn't seem to care a couple of times yeah, too. It was so like, gross. Dude. It was so fucking gross. Yeah. Um, um. But oh, the thing that I did want to say that I appreciate about Robert Rodriguez though is that he casts like you know Mexican and Spanish uh, uh like actors in the main roles. Like it's no big deal. Like I think that's really cool, right? Like Spy Kids. It's like a mostly uh, uh Hispanic cast if you look mm-hmm. at it, right? Like. And, it, it, you know, it just goes to show, it's like, what? Yeah, I can make a movie with a Spanish cast, and it's no big deal. Like, this can still be a uh, not only a good movie, but a but a big movie. Because Spike has made, like, $300 million. It's probably, like, the reason why he has, like, a blank check to make whatever movie, movies yeah. he wants to after that, right? And so with this, I I, I really appreciated the main character, uh, the dude who's, like, kind of an imperfect guy, but, like, he so works as, like, the protagonist of this type of movie. You know, like, he's so, you can see, like, oh, the, you know, uh, in the zombie uh, pantheon, 
the Island of Zombie movies, you can say like, oh, that guy's main character, and you know that guy from Land of the Living Dead, and of course, you know the uh, the, the Mexican dude from uh, uh, Terror Planet. Yeah, you know, if this was a, a better movie, uh, you know, if this was a better fucking movie, I would say that. Like, and, and I think he does good enough with the material for sure, and I think he's like a very good looking dude who like you know handles the part very well. But it's one of those things where I just kind of feel like, wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just frustrating how this thing plays out. And then, of course, the whole contrived, oh, let me put, like, so many of scenes in this movie are just like, this looks cool, and we need to do whatever backwards contrivance way of setting this thing up so that it can happen. But it doesn't actually make sense if you think about it for a second, right? Like, oh, my God, uh, the, uh, the 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 female protagonist of, the sh- of, of uh, this movie gets her leg, like, ripped off basically yeah, the, right? the uh, leg stuff was so dumb it's like no you're not, i mean and i think it was intentionally dumb but uh, sure you know, because it's supposed to be grindhouse like, it's like you are not gonna like if you lose a limb that is like serious physical trauma you're not just gonna yeah. hop up and be like oh shit I, I don't i only have one leg now okay like you that's serious physical trauma like yeah. that is i mean on a certain on a certain level it's like oh you know zombies are coming so we gotta fucking go now but but like physically you know. it's not just about it's like really upsetting it's like physically like that takes so much out of your body yeah, yeah. But and so for a while she has uh, just that red stick that she kind of uses to hobble around. But then uh she gets the, the gun that yeah, knows the, the I'm like, gun. how is she firing the most that? Impractical it was like <laughs> it was so it was such a hilarious image because she was like so he makes her a a an artificial leg that's a gun. Like gun turret, and it was basically. interesting how they did that. Apparently they put Rose McGowan in a special cast to make her walk like she didn't have a knee, you know, to make her walk as though like what was on her leg was a, a solid straight thing. And then, uh, and green screened it in and she did a good job with that. But yeah, it's such a f- hilarious image. Cause she'll like sort of pick her leg up and like aim it. But for s- somehow it just automatically and she starts never, firing. Yeah, she it's never like, pulls a trigger. How is, it's just- how is she pulling a tree? It's just magic. It's just, it's yeah. just magic. And, and, oh my God. And there's one point where she needs to like jump off of a, uh, jump off of a chopper or something like that. Um, jump off the motorcycle. And as she does, apparently there was a fucking rocket launcher or something like that. Oh, yeah, a grenade they, launcher. Like, like, I mean, at that point in the movie, it just gets some complete, completely like she is just, she's just <laughs> flying. She's just literally flying through the air and then lands and isn't shattered. Like, a, yeah, you like, know, <laughs> like a, like a, piece of pizza that you splatted on the sidewalk but basically as i oh yeah and that was the thing so they showed planet terror first and then they also showed the credits in movie theaters so people watching the movie a lot of them left because they were like oh i guess the movie's over i thought there was supposed to be a quentin tarantino movie but so but that just goes to show how like you're literally giving the audience less of a good time because you felt that you you know you film geek directors had to be like, oh, but look, look, it's like we're actually doing a full movie. So we're just going to show the credits. Like, you could have totally done a thing where, oh, the credit starts, but then, oh, it rips and then goes into the next movie. You know what I mean? Like, right, it totally could have made it. you all the credits at the end. Like, it's... Yeah. And then, oh, there was the really uh, creepy part uh, just in, uh, in in the real world meta way because uh, there's a lot of uh, blatant ads for the Weinstein Corporation oh, um, in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, this movie brought to you by the friendly guys at well, Weinstein Corporation. Like, uh, being in both oh of god yeah that, like, and knowing like, that she and was specifically one of the main yeah victims, specifically like, her being like super sexual in in this movie like in particular right being like oh look at how sexy and slutty i am in this movie that you keep seeing wine scene plastered in front of it like it's just so in that 
like meta way gives you that feeling like, oh, this doesn't feel cool. Like, you know, I'm all for like, I, I, you know, I'm not against like, hey, I, you know, I'm not fucking made of stone, right? Like, hey, sexy chicks, that's fine. But like specifically the context of this Weinstein flick where yeah. you know how a lot of these women yeah, got this job where it's like, get, oh. That's hard to get around. Yeah. I will say like her, I thought her performance in this was really good. And the it's like this. Okay. So like the girl doing the lap dance in, in uh, Death Proof was just like, Hubba, hubba, oh god, like, like that was just how uh, but <laughs> Rose McGowan's uh go-go dancing at the beginning, she does this really long extended go-go dance with these opening credits. And it's like, I mean, she's beautiful, yeah. but the way she's performing, and she ends up like crying at the end and stuff, and she's very yeah, she's got this very intense look on her face. So it's like it's not presented as like in a way for you to go hubba hubba wooga, it's like she's it's like this very and she's go-go dancing which go-go dancing is kind of weird like when you look at it, it's like this very like almost violent motion of kind of like jerking your body this way and that yeah. and and it feels like um and especially with her like very serious facial expressions it doesn't feel like something to look at and be like oh sexy it's like it's it almost it feels like watching a woman being like possessed or something. And it's, you know, it's look very at those evocative. girls go sort of. Yeah, yeah, it's very evocative. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but the crying of it, it like it felt cheap and like, oh, yeah, look at this character depth. She's like a stripper, but then she cries before. Like, that's so simple. You know, like, that's so basic. Like, yeah. oh, you think she's happy with the job, but not really, though. Well, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's I, it's very archetypal. It's very archetypal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the guy, I mean, I will say, so I loved, so at a certain point in the movie, you get she and, and her ex-boyfriend start having sex and you get this very, very sexy shot of her like totally naked. And then there's like, all of a sudden it looks like somebody dropped like some cigarette ash or something on the film and it kind of burns up and then oh, it's yeah. like real missing. And the implication is somebody stole the reel to jerk off to the sex scene. <laughs> and you know, but then we get back to the next reel and all of a sudden everybody's like, man, I sure am glad we worked that out. And now I found out all about you being this legendary fighter. Yeah, right. And, you know, and it, so it's like, like. I thought that was funny. Yeah. It's, it's funny. And I read something about that. Apparently what happened was that Quentin Tarantino was was screening some movie at his house. Robert Rodriguez was there and the movie genuinely was missing a reel. And Tarantino was like, oh, this movie's just missing a reel. And Robert Rodriguez was like that's brilliant. We should do that because <laughs> he was like, all the boring shit happens in that part. Anyway, let's just skip it. And as somebody who always gets bored near the ends of movies, I appreciated that. Hey, yeah, yeah, pick up the pace, bitch. <laughs> My keys are jingling. <laughs> but, um, no, like, and that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like Robert Rodriguez, like, I don't think it's like great necessarily, but it is so interesting with what it's doing that it, it, it's at least a worthwhile trip, even though, like, I don't want to look at it half the time because it's so disgusting. And the fucking needles that they keep, like, poking into people. It's like, ah, oh, I couldn't look at this movie half of the fucking time. And, but, like, but on a certain level, it's like, oh, I know that's why. Like, that's how I felt about this. Like, it's a Grindhouse movie. I know you're doing this on purpose, right? Like, I want to say this to all the, the people who do like this movie, right? Like, they're like, oh, you just don't get it. The point is that it's like, yes, I know. That still doesn't I, I automatically think, make it good. Right. <laughs> it's know, like, like if you get like if somebody makes a song and and they're like 
singing is just horrible and off key and, and terrible. Farting on to. it, you know. And then somebody goes, Oh, but they tried to do it on purpose. Like, oh yeah, but I still don't want to listen to that. Like that doesn't Right. Make- that that's how I keep feeling about it. It was just like, no, I, I get that it's supposed to be Grindhouse, but like I still don't want to watch this. <laughs> like you haven't made, you haven't done the thing that overrides the the camp aspect of it that makes it, you know, still be like, oh, but I still want to check this out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it goes back to that thing that was because I think the one thing like I did think that Planet Terror was better than Death Proof, like objectively better than Death Proof, uh, less feet. Literally less feet. Since <laughs> was only, oh, I'm sorry. That was a terrible. <laughs> but no, just less feet in your face. But I, I thought, and I thought she was good. I thought Rose McGowan was good. But I thought there was a lot of that kind of like schmacting, a lot of that like, I'm in a bad movie and I'm going to, you know, it, it's right, like, yeah. like, it felt like, you know, and that kind of thing bugs me. And I'm like, you know, and I feel like we finally, I we, we got our glut of that. You know, in the years around 2010, it was like the fucking snakes on a plane, bad snake moan, all that shit. Yeah, like just (laughs) I saw snakes on a plane in theaters, but I got into. Oh, I did too. That's what I. I mean, what else is there to really say? I mean, uh, I think the actors do a really good job, but I just think the material is so self indulgent and so like self satisfied with what it is as a. Oh, but don't you like this for this? And it's just like. Not automatically. Yeah, you know what I I'm feel saying? Like if like, you're gonna watch it, like if you're gonna watch it, definitely watch it with a friend. Like you were watching it with your friend, which yeah. I'm glad. And to look know, over at it and going, What? Yeah, I was watching it with my wife and now we're talking about it. But yeah, like do not watch this by yourself because you're gonna just wanna say something <laughs> to somebody and if you don't have anybody to talk to, you're gonna get upset. So don't Real. watch this alone. <laughs> Prepare. Uh, it's to be a bit upset. of a misstep. <laughs> yeah. Um I think Robert Rodriguez. I mean, maybe I don't want to knock him too much because it's like, I feel like he does have, like, get a, a lot of love from people. But at the same time, I try to think of, like, wait, what are the other movies I know that he did? Uh, Well, the sequels to Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which is a fucking fever dream of a weird-ass movie. But, again, that was the thing where it's like, oh, I'm literally just going to let my kids write the movie. And so it's one of those things where it's like, y- you have to accept his world for what it is, you know? And, and when it comes to a lot of his movies, when you kind of look at the the construction of them, you know, but at the same time, that doesn't automatically make for a great experience, you know? Like, so it, it, it really is like, you have to like this person to like, at least Planet Terror specifically. Uh, may, maybe we'll do a retrospective and go through his movies and we'll, uh, yeah. maybe we'll find some real gems in there. Oh, another thing I, I had forgotten them, you know, Quentin Tarantino and him and, uh, and Robert Rodriguez and two other directors, uh, they directed a, uh, skits for I mean uh, segments for this movie called Four Rooms that I remember watching a long time ago in my I have HBO days and I'm a kid watching a movie at two, at 12 a.m. that I shouldn't be watching because it's rated hard and there's nudity in it uh, so I definitely have watched that movie but I haven't watched it in a while so I would like to go back to that one if you wanted to <laughs> just to see how that holds up because it's a Quentin Tarantino Robert Rodriguez and I think is two other directors and it's like 1995 so it's like a sort of like oh look here are these big directors of the time and we're we're going to four different hotel rooms and, you know, yeah, seeing no, about the lives of weird different people. Yeah, that, that might actually be worth the, you know, just as long as we're going through these you know, movies. Might as you know, well. There's no rules. By different directors. We don't have any, like, I guess. Yeah, who's going to stop us? The Patreons and people like, we don't have anybody to be like, no, you guys aren't allowed to watch that one. <laughs> You've gone too far on, this time, podcast. 
You better get to Crazy Eights. What is it called? The Hateful Eight. You better get to the yeah. Hateful Eight in Django right now, or, or I'm gonna come to your house. Uh, yeah, uh, but <laughs> I'm gonna support you and then stop supporting you. Just, just so you can see the number go up and then go down. Uh, but if <laughs> just to tease, yeah. But if you wish to support me and not be that uh, kind of guy, uh, you can always, uh, if, if you want to support the podcast, you can always go to Kofi.com slash Rap Critic, where you can do one-time requests. You can uh, give any amount you want, or you can specifically request a music video, uh, a movie, or a album stream on my Twitch to do. Uh, of course, and you can also go to the Patreon.com slash Rap Critic, where you can get uh, exclusive episodes of the podcast. You can get Rap Critic episodes early, as well as joining the Rap Critic Discord, where we hang out with fans and uh, watch movies. Uh, a lot of the times, the movies that I'm actually about to do on this here podcast, as well as uh, just having game nights. We had game night uh, a week or so ago, and it was fucking off the chain. Uh, so, you know, it's always it, there's always an extended universe that you could be enjoying over on the uh you know, the uh, the review on the Rap Critic Patreon and, you know, all the other things that I do, as well as, you know, twitch.tv slash Rap Critical, the streams that I'll be doing on there, uh, as well as the YouTube channel, but you know that, uh, and, and the merch and all the other fun, sexy stuff I be doing. Look, I, I try to be uh, good about advertising my shit, but look, man, I just, I'm so steeped in this world of RC Extended Universe that you got, you just got to jump in with me. You know, you got to, <laughs> you got to pull through. Um, but thank you for uh, joining me for this stop of the podcast. I think I'm definitely gonna make this episode public just because it's just like ah man this you is got, such a you weird gotta just tell affair. the world how bad grindhouse is yeah spread, <laughs> spread the bad news yeah um but thank you so much for listening you know what to do if you want to support the show uh and until next time guys uh i'm dj i'm evan and i i i i i i was born a zombie